Blog Talk Radio.
Okay, it's another edition of the Urban Wire, episode 47, and today we're just going to be discussing a very tragic event. This is an exclusive show. We're really going to um, take a look, real hard look on some issues tonight. Um, as you guys know, um, if you've been paying attention to the media, which I think you pretty much had to be living under a rock not to know. Um, about the devastating events that took place um, this past Friday in a small community in Connecticut and um, where 26 people lost their lives, um, including 20 children. And we're just going to just really talk about um, what led up to that and how we can prevent these um, tragic events from happening because from what I'm seeing in the news, like this is just becoming a common occurrence. And, you know, some of the things we might say tonight might step on some people's toes. It might go against what you believe, but I just want people to have an open mind and, um, it's just, um, how it's going to be tonight. We're going to go to a couple, um, quick songs. Um, I think we have Michael Snyder online. Yes, I'm here. Uh, So how are you this evening? Oh, doing very good. Yeah. Just want to let you guys know, right now I'm hosting from a friend's house tonight. I'm hosting live from his house. Um, So um, not hosting at home as usual, but uh, um, just want to let you know that. So, but, but other than that, I don't know. I mean, what are your feelings about this horrific, um, Situation that's taking place um, this past week weekend. Uh, me? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, You're the only person online right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> just absolutely, just shock over a person doing that. I mean, I guess it's always a shocking event when it occurs, but to go after. Like this school had kindergarten through fourth grade. Yeah. Those are little kids. Little, little. I mean, that's a whole newfound level of sick. You know, and like I said, you know, me and me and you were discussing this. Like, you know, the fact that these were innocent babies that were taken, you know, and my thing is if, if your life was that miserable to where you felt that you didn't want to – to live on, why didn't you just take your own life? And I'm not by any means condoning suicide, but why? What what was going on in your life to where you felt that you could just 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 pretty take much out innocent children? Take out innocent children. And from what reports are saying, like you know, this is one of the worst uh, mass shootings in. Um, U.S. history. You know, the last time they thought that the shooting that just happened, you know, the mass killing that happened a couple of months ago in Colorado was, but now this is taking the place of that. So mm-hmm. it's getting worse every time. So really, we need to have a dialogue. First of all, we need to acknowledge that we need to start having a real serious talk about mental health, and like it or not, we need to have a talk about gun control. And I don't care what anybody has to say. We need to start having some control over who gets these guns 
and we need to have a you know a dialogue about the responsibility of gun gun ownership. And we're gonna to get to that later on in the show. You know, um, I'm very upset. I'm angry tonight, and if I come across aggressive, then so be it. Because these incidents are becoming too common. We're not having a dialogue about gun control. We're not having a dialogue about how we can prevent this. Everybody wants to say, let's not talk about it right now. Hell, when is the best time to talk about it? Somebody tell me. You know, I mean, case after case is happening. You know, so when are we going to talk about it? Are we going to push it off until the next time something like this happens, something worse happens? You know, um, we we live in a sick society today. And for those people that made the comments, um, let me tell you something about you sick bastards out here. I'm sorry about my language tonight, but let me tell you about some of these sick people that had something to say about Obama making a public speech in, 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 you know, remembrance of the people that were killed. You were more concerned about Sunday night football to where you want to call him out of his name and use a derogatory racial term towards him because he interrupted your football game. You know what you can do with that football? You can stick it up your ass. That's what you can do. That's what you can do. Since you're so concerned more about football versus innocent children, take that football and stick it up your ass. How about that? There's some sick people out here. And we're going to discuss. We're going to get on all these sick motherfuckers tonight. That's what we're going to do. Speaking of a whole new level of sick, guess what I read earlier? That pertains to this. Mm-hmm. A whole new level of sick that pertains to this. Does everybody remember the Westboro Baptist Church? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to you in a second. Go ahead, Michael. The Westboro Baptist Church has declared on their Twitter account that they are going to be there to protest at the funerals and at the school. Know what? I'm about sick of these jackasses in the media. You know what they can do with that cross? They can stick that cross up their ass too. I think that any, I think that you would get the total agreement of that from any Christian society. Because that is just, I read that tonight that the Westboro Baptist Church is planning to go there and protest at that school, and. Praise God for his work that he has done. And you know what we need to we need to do a show and we need to put them on blast. We need to put we need to put that Westboro Baptist Church on blast because I am so sick and tired of them. Every time a national tragedy happens that they want to come out, it's just almost like they're saying stuff like this for attention. Yeah, however, one giving grace to this that I found very humorous and very good, you have heard there's a, a, a Internet uh, pirate group or hackers, a, a group of Internet hackers that identify with themselves by the name of Anonymous. 
and they kind of go after some morally interesting. It's kind of renegade justice via the internet, but it's kind of cool because they go after some real scumbags. And they now have targeted the Westboro Baptist Church, and they put up on the anonymous website uh, members of the church's personal identifying information. <laughs> so they can't hide now. So the this renegade group out there is doing everything it can to shut down that Westboro Baptist Church. And I think that's some pretty good stuff myself. Um, caller three one seven six six four. Do you like? Would you like to weigh in on this conversation? Um, yes, and I actually have. Yes, and I actually haven't been on here too long. I actually got on here, but um, I would like to say something about the tragedy that happened. You know, and and it is unfortunate. But I think what happens is a lot of times, you know, the signs of the illness is there in these kids, and I'm going to say. That was him being a twenty-year-old. Yeah, he's a, he was a child, um, and that um, those signs and stuff of him being ill were there. But then I think that instead of you know people um, not focusing on those signs, then then when things happen, um, then we want to start focusing on it. So I think that. We need to focus, or the parents need to focus on the signs of the, that that son was ill, you know, because I know that he threw out signs all over the place. Um, and I think that because his mother did not adhere to his um, problem, you know, it magnified and it came to this, you know, and it was just so unfortunate. Yes, yeah, very unfortunate. Yeah. What do you have to say about because um, I know like one of the things I want to bring up is the importance of people starting to address mental illness because we we have seen in the in the past couple incidents uh, several incidents where these people have gained access to these guns and you know it's come to find out that they have been suffering from mental illness. Like, what do you feel right. about? That like, do you think that we need to start looking at that more stringently when, when you know we're doing background checks for people to obtain um, guns, or like, should there be a way we we you know we find out if there are people in the home that have those mental illnesses? What do you feel about that? Absolutely. I mean, I really do believe that you know evaluation needs to be done first because. Um, you know, like the saying always says that guns don't kill people, it's people with the guns that kill people. And um my thing is that a lot of times, you know, we have people who are of legal age out here and they're purchasing guns, um, and nine times out of ten these guns are going to, you know, kids or people that are not of the legal age to actually occupy a gun. So as far as background checks, absolutely. I'm, there There needs to be um, extensive uh, checks that, that actually goes on because this problem has magnified. I mean, you know, if we look at it from just a couple of years ago, you know, just, just from the Columbine on down, things have been trickling 
know, lack of better words, whatever they need to do to find out where these guns are really going, they need to do that. Right. Well, I actually have a little bit of legal information to share on that. Um, What we're going to do is I'm going to play a couple of clips um, kind of summarizing um, what happened. And we have a couple of them left. We're going to do a couple now, and we're going to do a couple later in the show, because I want to get through the issue of gun control. And um, we're going to get to that a little later. But right now we're going to go to a couple of clips to summarize everything that's happened, and we're going to come back and um, continue this conversation with Carlton. A shooting at an elementary school in Connecticut has left at least 27 dead, including 18 children. That is coming from an official familiar with the situation. The shooting happened at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut. The shooter was apparently killed and had two guns. The district locked down schools in the area, about 60 miles northeast of New York City. There's no words that uh, there's no words that I could come up with um, that would even come close to describing. Um, the sheer terror of, of hearing that your son is in a place or your child is in a place where there's been violence. Images from the scene included young students, some crying, others looking frightened, being led through the parking lot with adults. Lee Powell, the Associated Press. All right, we have one more clip. And before we go to our a clip, um, guys, if you call into the show, um, and if you're listening, like, if you're calling in, um, I'll just ask you to turn down your speakers if you're listening to it in the background so we, we don't get, like, an echo or feedback in the phone. So we just want to make sure everybody can hear things clearly and um, everybody gets a chance to be heard. So if you can, if you do call in, make sure you uh, are not just to turn your radio down so we don't get um, feedback. So we're gonna to go to this one. We're gonna to go to this last clip, and then we're gonna get back to um, um, our caller, and um, we're gonna discuss this in more detail. Yep. To the uh, last two deceased. The female that was found at the secondary scene location at 36 Yogaganda Street in Newtown has been positively identified as Nancy Lanza. Her birthday is September 6, 1960. Her cause of death is multiple gunshot wounds, and the death has been ruled a homicide. The male subject identified as a shooter at Sandy Hook Elementary School has been positively identified as Adam Lanza. Uh, he resided at that residence. His cause of death was gunshot wound, and his death has been ruled a suicide. There have been questions about the weaponry, and I'd like to take a minute to uh, discuss with you briefly, uh, very superficially, some of the information that we, we can be released at this time. The weapon that was utilized most of the time during this horrific crime was identified as a Bushmaster AR-15 assault-type weapon. It had high-capacity magazines. In addition to that, the subject had in his possession a Glock 10mm, a 6-hour 9mm. Both weapons, all weapons, have multiple magazines and additional ammunition. The fourth weapon recovered was a shotgun that was recovered from the suspect's vehicle that was parked outside of the school. That weaponry 
is going, as I said, is going to be completely examined in the forensic laboratory. It's going to be historically searched so we can attempt to determine every path that those weapons took since they were manufactured every time that they were used and as much information as possible that we can obtain relative to each and every weapon. High capacity, multiple high capacity magazines. Approximately 30 rounds per magazine. Several, but just numerous. Are those hundreds of bullets? Hundreds of bullets, yes. Are those 30 rounds per magazine just for the rifle or are those also for the High capacity magazine for the rifle, all right, and multiple magazines for the rifle, and multiple magazines for both handguns. Okay, we're gonna stop right there. Um, I just want you guys to know that this guy had had two. It shouldn't have been the police have had this much ammunition to be able to carry out such a heinous crime. You know, and you know, I just wanted to play this one clip to put things in perspective. Um, we're gonna go to the line and um, call it three one seven two two two. What do you have to say about the conversation? Are you just listening at this point? Um, well, first of all, I think it's uh, not most travesty. Um, it is uh, one of the most unheard of and saddest things I've ever you know, had to hear or happen to our nation. Um, I don't know why someone felt the need to go in and just commit mass murder and basically take the lives of so many innocents. Um, and I do want to point out real quick that I, I um, am holding them in my prayers. Um, there are a lot of people out there who are, you know, circulate the information through Facebook and everything in remembrance of them. And mo- most importantly, I want to uh, recognize the, the teacher who saved all of her students. Um, she was obviously very brave. She thought fast on her feet and did what needed to do and basically gave her life to save her entire class. And I really want to um, commend that teacher as well because I read about that teacher. And, you know, for her to put her life, you know, put put herself in harm's way to protect those children, that's very um, brave and respectable for her, you know. And, you know, I have to really give her, um, you know, recognition for that because a lot of people today – are so selfish and self-absorbed that they wouldn't even think about doing something like that. So I really want to give her and all the the people that just you know uh, that were just just that just, just out there trying to protect the kids and pretty much you know console them and stuff like that. I really want to give a shout out to them, you know, because this is something that we we nobody ever expects. I don't care where you live. And like I said earlier, we have to get out of the mindset of saying, "Well, this, this, we never seen this, never saw this coming in our small town. This could never happen here. This could never happen there." So we, I just want everybody to keep that in mind. You know, we we're living in times where things can happen anywhere. So six six four, do you agree with that statement? Three one seven six six four. Hmm. Hello? Okay, I think she's not there. 
Um, Michael, I think you have something to share with the audience um, pertaining to um, Indiana um, gun laws and mental illness. Yes. Um, On handgun applications, Indiana, in light of, I think this changed about the time that the senator was shot, I think out in Arizona or out west, something like that, a few years back, Indiana changed part of the licensing requirements around that time, and one of the things that they asked is, do you have any mental, emotional, psychological problems that you have? They asked this question. And you have to answer yes or no. And if you answer yes, you are required to provide documentation from a care provider to back up why you are fit to have such a license. So they ask that. However, here's the catch. And I almost hate to say this on open air, but if you say no, you're fine, you don't have any problems, there's no way they can prove it wrong. And, and that is what I was going to ask you. How how can they – is there any verification process or are the number of people that are applying for these permits so um, numerous to where they cannot possibly look into each and every one? Well, for the most part, I know in my experience of – dealing with licensing things that I've only ever seen a very, very, probably three or four people ever check the box yes. And usually the state will err on the side of caution and say, sorry, you're not getting the license. And, you know, they that's usually what they do it, uh, do with it, unless you provide actual very detailed and drawn-out documentation about, yes, I'm fine, there's no problem. However, due to HIPAA laws and due to laws governing privacy, the state really can't check those out. Oh, wow. So, you know, if you, obviously if you were court-ordered into an institutionalization due to and by this I mean basically you had to do, if you had committed a crime that forced you to be in a mental institution, then the state might be able to find it. But if it's just a matter of, you know, you've been going through some serious problems and you have taken care of, you know, sought counsel through your own means and your own doctors and your own this or that, they can't find out about it. So that is one of the bad things that the state deals with. And, you know, I think a lot of government agencies, when they go to start, and I agree, they absolutely need to take an action on investigating and looking for people that want to, you know, people that are nuts that don't need these things. You know, I totally agree they need to do more to check that out. However, HIPAA is a federal law, and they're going to have to rework some of that. And that's why I was going to ask you, how do you feel about that person? Well, personally, I think, you know, we're seeing instances more and more of crazy people, 
doing stuff like this, and it's obviously going to have to be checked out and find a way to screen that. But I don't know. And then, but it's going to have to come from the federal level, not the state level. The state, oh, yeah. I know, like Indiana, they, you know, God love them, they've done the best they could on it, but it's only as far as they can reach because they're trumped by federal law. Yeah. So it's that the legislation is going, and the change is going to have to come down from the federal level. And sadly to say, we can't get anything through Congress. It's gridlock. <laughs> All right. So, um, Caller two two two. Um, I think you you have something that you wanted to say. Yeah, um, I've been listening to that, and you know, there, there's a lot. To, there's a lot to say there. I mean, so basically, you know, all these people are able to go in, uh, you know, apply for gun permits, apply to, you know, get a gun, and we're taking it on the honor system that they are saying and in the right state of mind. Um, I strongly believe that there should be some type of organization or something like that dealing with that and uh, countering that in, in any way, shape, or form. But I think it is every state and not only just federal, but I think if anyone's ever been diagnosed with some form of mental or distress or, you know, um, the capacity not to think clearly as, a, as an adult and as a human being, then... I feel like it should kind of fall upon not only the states and federal and all that, but on the doctors to get that information where it needs to go, um, and particularly their um, offices and stuff like that. Um, and that when someone, you know, goes to an office uh, at a doctor to for something like that, and they have to sign paperwork, and it should completely state in there, hey, you know, if you're found with mental illness, um, you, you're going to go in this database. You, you know, that might count against you towards getting a weapon. I know a lot of people who live around my area who may not be in in right state of mind, but have a large collection of firearms and, and ammunition and things like that. And, uh, you know, it, it just said this, this could have been stopped. You know, it's, it's like our federal government at this point does something when something just absolutely horrific happens. You know, for example, 9-11 happened. You know, planes came and hit the towers. Hundreds of people died. Thousands of loved ones mourned. And it took something that drastic to make a change in homeland security and airport security and stuff like that. Well, you know what? We've had so many reoccurrences of tragic events with people taking guns to school, children accidentally taking guns to school, when I went to high school, I went to a strict school. We walked through metal detectors. There was security. You were wanted and everything. Well, you know what? Schools like that are the ones leading by example. And whether it's an elementary school or it's a high school, that man should have never got as far as he did. There, there should have been some deterrent there, something that, that caused suspicion, somebody who could have stopped that. And it is just an absolute tragedy, and it's the the saddest, most terrible thing I've ever heard in my life. And if if it was my child at that school, I I would be on the front lines trying to make a change. And it, it's really sad because we've had Columbine and and and, and this and, and other things like that. And um, 
It's uh, how much is it going to take to make a change? Does a plane need to hit the, hit a school to make a change? You know, and if it, I, I, it needs to make a change now. And you know what? And if if Congress is booked up, they need to unbook themselves to do this because right now it is their responsibility to make the changes that are necessary in every state by a federal standpoint. Not every state is going to make changes. Not every state can afford budget-wise to make changes. It's it's Congress and the United States government to make those um, political decisions, to put um, laws into play, and to vote on them and get them passed and make those changes so that we can save the lives of our youth. Because the youth of this nation is our future. You're right. I couldn't agree with you anymore. And I, I really I really appreciate your heartfelt um opinion on this because I think a lot of times like, you know, you know, I'm I'm all for Obama, but the thing about it is he has got to take a stand on this. I don't care what anybody feels about gun control or whatever. Even if you don't you're not for gun control, we need more regulation on who gets you know, per, permits to get these guns and how we can get these these guns out of the hands of criminals. So my thing is, is like we have had, we've got to have a dialogue, and it's and you, we can't wait on it. Everybody wants to say, well, let's wait because the families are mourning and and, and the families are this and the, you know this and that. We cannot afford to wait. How many more situations like this need to occur before we, as a country, begin to discuss this? You know. Discuss this issue You know what I'm saying We really have to get back to the basics We have to come together as a country We as a people have to um, We have to demand that Congress address these issues we have, we have voted these people into office Not just to have positions We have voted these people into office Just so, so we can have a change and, and situations like these can be addressed you see what I'm saying? So, I don't know, Michael. What do you have to say about what was just said by our caller? Well, I I do agree with him that uh, you know there there needs to be something taking place quickly, and it needs to be done on an expedited basis. You know, I realize that you know the families, you know, what the families are going through, and they want to wait. Well, Washington D.C isn't, you know, it's kind of close to that area, but I don't think that those families are going to be considering their morning uh, morning process being part of sitting up in the Capitol Rotunda. Maybe they do. But and I'm pretty sure they want these issues to be addressed now. Right. I mean, what I'm they? saying is, though, I don't think that their morning process is going to take place in the Capitol Rotunda, but exactly. therefore there's nothing keeping Congress from getting to it. You know, there's nothing to keep them from saying, oh, well, we got this or that, you know. But, you know, there are, are going to have to be better screenings. You know, absolutely, there's going to have to be, but they're going to have to do something to change it. Um, Colin, do you have something else to say? Because I know uh, I didn't want to cut you off. I know you had, you have something else to say as well. Yeah, uh, one thing, and, you know, uh, I, you can call me by name. I'm Matt. Um, it's all right. I'm not. I'm not afraid of of what I have to say. 
to be honest, I think right now Congress is, is uh, dropping the ball on this. Uh, they should already be in action to try to make a change with this. Um, they're more concerned about the fiscal cliff right now and getting that underway and dragging it out into the next year so that uh, the, the wealthy aren't taxed more than what they should be. Um, but I strongly believe that that should be something that's pushed on because this is something that's more important. And to be honest, for they need not let's see, along with with you know doctors and things like that. Like I was saying earlier, should be posting this information, uploading it to the ATF or or whoever regulates and passes and, and uh, administers those licenses for guns and approvals. There should also be um, certain mandatory uh, applications for uh, sales of ammunition over a certain limit. Uh, when when does it come a point where someone comes in and they buy several thousand rounds? When does that become suspicious to someone? When does that um, shoot up a red flag? So if I was going to Walmart right now and I was going there and say, hey, you know, I want to buy 5,000 rounds of that right there, you know, I got the money for it. You know what they do? They pr- they sell it to me. Where's the red? Where's there's a line of defense that can be placed right there. There's a there's a line of defense that could have prevented this and 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 started the action into saving the lives of all those people. Um, it, it, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. You look at the military; they count for every single piece of of hardware they got, down to the very last bullet. They got one missing. And and uh, entire battalions going crazy looking for it, okay. But you got a stranger who the uh, employee of the establishment doesn't know. He doesn't know that person. That person could be from another state. That person could be right out of prison. And that person go in there and got the cash and, and buy several thousands of rounds, get the guns illegally off the streets, you know, and, and just just go to town. And right there, there should be, you know, not only Congress, but there should be right there with the employees at the gun shops, with the, the employees at Walmart, anywhere you can buy and, and sell ammunition. There should be a barrier to, to, to protect everybody in, in this country and in the world because, you know, it's your God-given right to, to bear arms and, and stuff like that. But you know what? It should be with reason. And it should be with caution. And it's it's a God given right of every establishment out there from a business standpoint to to not be on the end that hey, I sold that guy three thousand rounds of ammunition. He walked into a school and killed almost thirty people. So do you think like you said, so pretty much what you're saying that there should be accountability on all fronts, even as far as all the way down to the people that are selling these guns and things of mm-hmm. that nature. Should there be accountability? Is that what you're saying? There, there should be an accountability on all fronts, yes. I do say that. But there should be deterrence, most importantly, on all fronts to prevent this kind of thing. You know, if, someone, if I'm in a working in a gun shop, I go in there, you know, unless I'm a regular customer that, that, that knows the owner really well, why should I be able to buy that much ammo? Why should it, you know? And, uh, why, why wasn't there security or, or anything, you know, patrolling around the school or, you know, where I live, that happens all the time. You got security, you got police, you know, protecting our schools, protecting our students, 
protecting the youth of America. Why wasn't there security there who said, oh, that band looks suspicious? Why weren't there metal detectors in that school? Why weren't? Why wasn't there a red flag when that person bought that ammunition? Why? Why is it taking so many of these incidences to make a change? And why haven't change been met, made yet? Um, we're gonna take a quick. Uh, well. I wonder if this is a good time to bring up gun control, but I know um, Kane will be in here with us shortly. He's getting off of work at 10:15, so hopefully he'll be in here soon. Um, we're going to talk about the issue of gun control, and we're going to talk about countries that have, um, like, for example, Japan, how they have, like, next to zero um, gun-related homicides because of their gun control. And we're, and we're going to go to a clip to the young person a little bit. Um, and also um, – while we're waiting, I just wanted to let you guys know that um, you can call us in, um, call in to our show at 646-915-8200. If you have a comment or if you have um, something you would like to say in um, reference to this, uh, we also have a YouTube channel, and we posted the commentary up earlier. Um, you can listen to us at www.youtube.com slash UCOFW. Get on there and check that out. Um, I really think, like you said, um, you made some good points, caller. And we're going to go to a, another clip. Uh, yeah. All right, yeah. I'm here at Matt's house. Like My, my buddy, he, he, he called me tonight, so I'll I, I be making sure it's okay for me to uh, – Say his name, and, I, and from from the sounds of it, he sounds very educated. We want to probably have, have you on on a regular basis or whenever. So we talked about a couple of things, a little couple ideas for the show. So he he might be you know the relationship guru because you know he you know he's the ladies man. But we gonna get on that later on. But anyways, um, we're gonna um, go to um, a clip where um, where President Obama pretty much. Pretty much makes his emotional statement And when we come back I want to just talk about How so many people From the right How it's, This is how they're just trying to politicize this And this and all The president he has no emotion And, and he's wiping away fake tears How dare you judge someone and, and, and how dare you Be a judge of if someone is emotional or not When this man has children of his own you know, whether you agree with his politics or not, you have to kind of look at this from a humanistic point of view. This man has two daughters, and what parent would not be emotional? You have, like he says, you know, you, you have to take yourself out of the position of president and then, you know, and look at it from being a parent. What if this was your child that was, was viciously taken away from you? How would you feel? You know, so we have to kind of look at things from a humanistic point of view and stop being so political about everything. You know, that's that's my biggest problem with, with you know, what's going on. So we're going to go to this clip. Um, this clip, um, it's probably about a little under four minutes long. So when we come back, we're going to discuss that. And then later on in the show, we're going to get to the, um, the other clip I was um, talking to you guys about. So uh, here we go.
afternoon I spoke with Governor Malloy and FBI Director Mueller. I offered Governor Malloy my condolences on behalf of the nation and made it clear he will have every single resource that he needs to investigate this heinous crime, care for the victims, counsel their families. We've endured too many of these tragedies in the past few years. And each time I learn the news, I react not as a president, but as anybody else would, as a parent. And that was especially true today. I know there's not a parent in America who doesn't feel the same overwhelming grief that I do. The majority of those who died today were children. Beautiful little kids between the ages of five and ten years old. They had their entire lives ahead of them. Birthdays, graduations, weddings, kids of their own. Among the fallen were also teachers, men and women who devoted their lives to helping our children fulfill their dreams. So our hearts are broken today. For the parents and grandparents, sisters and brothers of these little children, and for the families of the adults who were lost. Our hearts are broken for the parents of the survivors as well. For as blessed as they are to have their children home tonight, they know that their children's innocence has been torn away from them too early, and there are no words that will ease their pain. As a country, we have been through this too many times, whether it's an elementary school in Newton or a shopping mall in Oregon or a temple in Wisconsin or a movie theater in Aurora or a street corner in Chicago. These neighborhoods are our neighborhoods. And these children are our children. And we're going to have to come together and take meaningful action to prevent more tragedies like this, regardless of the politics. This evening, Michelle and I will do what I know every parent in America will do, which is hug our children a little tighter. And we'll tell them that we love them. And we'll remind each other how deeply we love one another. But there are families in Connecticut who cannot do that tonight. And they need all of us right now. In the hard days to come, that community needs us to be at our best as Americans. And I will do everything in my power as president to help. Because while nothing can fill the space of a lost child or loved one, all of us can extend a hand to those in need to remind them that we are there for them that we are praying for them, that the love they felt for those they lost endures not just in their memories, but also in ours. May God bless the memory of the victims. And in the words of Scripture, heal the brokenhearted and bind up their wounds. Well, it's very hard 
wrenching and very emotional speech from Obama. Uh, you know, I, I, I really feel for him right now because he, he as a parent has to also put himself in both positions as, as president and parent, you know, and it's hard to kind of separate those two when you're dealing with so many lives that were lost. Um, we're going we're gonna, to uh, go to an inspirational song. We're going to have a memorial uh, section of the show where we're going to um, go through the names of the victims that were lost. Um, we're going to go to a quick song really quick. Well, go to a quick song um, by Yolanda Adams, Never Give Up. And in times like this, we can't give up. You know, we have to stay strong. You know, we have to remember that we're more than the situation that or the trials that we're going through currently. So when we get back, we're going to read the names of the victims and the people that have um, passed and uh, – Keep it locked. Um, once again, call us at 646-915-8200, or you can join our chat room um, if you want to send some uh, comments or if you have something that you would like to add. Um, just jo- just go to blogtalkradio.com, um, sign up for a free account. You can go in there and then look us up under UCOFW um, and just jump in the chat room. Send us a message there, or you can join our uh, Facebook group page. At um, on Facebook, just look us up under UCOFW or the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, and you will be able to find us. And soon, we're going to get back on using our Twitter account, um, where you guys can just send in your your questions or your comments that way. So you just have you have multiple ways of um, contacting us. So when we come back from this song, um, we're going to do our memorial, um, and we're going to continue with the dialogue. And I believe Matt has some some more that he would like to add to uh, what's been said tonight. So um, keep it locked, and we'll be back shortly.
times like these. You know, um, I know it's very hard. You know, we we hear of uh, tragedies like this, and <laughs> it's it, it's just it's just a very trying time for our nation. You know, especially when you think about the children, and you know, you know just just I don't know. I'm just speechless tonight. I just I can't really verbalize what I want to say because it's just so emotional. Um, we've had a couple more callers um, to join the line. Um, but before we do that, I just want to do a memorial um, for the show for those who have passed. And um, keep keep the families in prayer. Like, that, that's what I really want to just say. Keep the families in prayer. Um, and as we read the names and the ages, just, just you know, keep in mind that what, what if this was you, you know, um, what if it was your child? You know, so um, we're going to start off with Charlotte Bacon, six years old. Daniel Gordon, age seven. Rachel Bezzino, age 29. Olivia Engel, age six. Josephine Gay, age seven. Anna Marquez Green, age six. Dylan Hockman, age six. John Hockman, age 47. Adam, two, age six. Catherine Hubbard, age six. Chase Kolaski, age seven. Jesse Lewis, age six. <laughs> James McCauley, age six. Grace McDonald. Age seven. Anne Marie Murphy, age fifty-two. Emil Parker, age six. Jack Pinto, age six. Noah Posner, age six. Caroline Survey, age six. Jessica Rako, age six. Abel Richmond, age six. Lauren Russo, age 30. Mary Sherlock, age 56. Victoria Soto, age 27. Benjamin Wheeler, age 6. And Allison Wyatt, age 6. Our prayers go out to each and every one of those um, individuals and their families, and um, we, we will keep them in prayer. Um, we're going to go to the line right now. Um, caller A two way, I believe it's my brother Jr. You know it is, brother. How you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm just, I just, I just don't know. I really don't know how to just verbalize how I feel tonight. And I know, I knowing you, you know, you know, you're a close, close friend of mine, and I know you have. Morals and ethics, and I just know that you are a good father and just an upstanding person in general. So, coming from a parent's point of view, how do you feel about these horrific events? Because we're going to get on gun control men. I've been saying we're going to talk about this the whole show because I'm waiting for some more people to get in. So I really want to have an open dialogue, and um, I think we're going to get back to six six four two two two. Call two two two. We're going to get back to you, but I really want 
you, Jr. because I know you haven't had a chance to really say anything. You just joined the line. I want you to tell me, from your point of view as a parent, how when you heard this, this horrible I, story, how did it make you feel? I tell you what, man. Um, I, as a parent and as a person, the the atrocities this psychopath has done are beyond words. You know, you read my post on Facebook. You know, that was an absolute pure emotional rant. And I meant every word of it, you know. Um, Some people try to find comfort in the heroism of Miss Soto, who sacrificed her life for her classroom, you know by hiding her kids and lying to this psychopath. Um, and, and you know where I stand on the right to bear arms. I, I'm absolutely for it. But we need to have, with, with today's science, we need to have a way more thorough background check and psychological exams before you allow anybody have you know, these type of rifles, you know, or a firearm of any kind. Uh, It's just how it goes. I I, I tell you. Are you there? It's one of those things you just can't even put it into words. I've I've been just stumbling over my words all night. I just don't know how to just, Well... You know, you know, I treasure my youngest son as I do all my kids. You know, and it, it, the the it, the thought of anybody willing to harm them. You know, I mean, dude, this is this is a day that this is a day that my faith was truly tested. You know, because I know what I would do to anyone do that would threaten to harm any of my children. You know what I'm saying? And it that the, these type that there has got to be a special place in hell for these type of people, you know. I mean, it, this is one topic where I'm truly beyond words, you know. And I know you're usually a person of many words, and you you don't have a problem in verbalizing what you have to say and, and saying what you mean. And I think that we're all going through that right now. You know, uh, like I said, we as a country, we have to have a serious talk about this. Like, we, this is becoming way too common. And like, like I was mentioning earlier in the show, we thought the shootings that took place in Colorado was like the worst in, in, in U.S. history. Now, this is topping the list. Like, it's like, what do we know? I mean, what? I mean, what next? Like, what are we going to see next? It just seems like it gets worse every time. Yeah, and, and you know, I, it, I mean, it, it's almost like a game to these people. Like they're trying to one up each other. You know, right? You, you had the shooting at the theater in Colorado, and now this guy, you know, shooting up a kindergarten class. You know, taking away the lives. Uh, uh, of innocent children, you know. I mean, my friend, you know, they're, they're, uh, if there is any justice, they're, they're just, uh, they, they, what, you know, 
there is no rational no rational justification of these actions. You know, right. it it, it uh, this is one time where I will say this guy had to have been a psychopath because a rational person would not do this. You know, no matter what. You know, it uh, it truly boggles me that that someone would go to them extreme. You know, yeah. it boggles my mind, and it bugs me that it would happen because, you know, it, it, it's what it's like you said. What's next? You know, yeah. Where, where's it gonna stop? You know, is this as bad as it's gonna get, or uh, are they gonna go after a daycare, or 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 hell, even a maternity ward? You know, how, how much worse is it gonna get before the the government starts? Acting in, in a serious fashion, you know, in a in an absolute serious fashion, on, on uh, some of these people, you know, right. it, this. Oh, I'm, I I, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I mean, hey, as long as we've known each other, when have you ever seen me at this much loss for words? You know, no, like never. <laughs> But, but I, I really want to jump to something that me and Michael discussed before the show. And Michael, mm-hmm. I knew you had an you made an analysis about the whole entire situation and a possible you know um, um, thing of like why his mother owned, owned these guns. And I know we were discussing this earlier, and you you had a um, theory behind what could have happened. Yeah, well, I'll go ahead and recap for them what we had discussed about this and my thought. However, I have since read an article that proved me wrong on this. My original thought was Bushmaster AR-15, Big Sour handgun, Glock handgun. For those of you that don't know your weapons, those are badass. They're not cheap weapons. They are quality they are good top line. You know, they're, they're superb weaponry. They really are. I am a gun owner, and I have a Glock, and I know that they are they're good stuff. And originally my thought behind this was, okay, did he actually live with her? And if he didn't, was maybe his mother having these weapons to protect herself from him? So that was a thought that I had had, was really, well, maybe she had these things because he is dangerous and because he is nuts. However, since then I had read an article earlier this evening that said she raised him with those. She was an avid target shooter. She would go target shooting frequently. She she loved doing it. She loved practicing that. And she raised him around those weapons. And... Up until that point, it was rumored that he treated those weapons with the utmost respect. However, we still don't know what his status is mentally, but now okay. we look at what's happened now. Okay, this is okay. This is where I have an issue. Um, if you know, if you, if you knew, if you were any kind of parent and you knew that your child 
was dealing with certain mental disorders. And uh, you had those guns around. Why would you even expose him to that? Why would you? Because, okay, because I know, like you said, you know, we had that theory earlier, and I know as as this case progresses, you know, it's going to be a lot of things that as, as the story progresses or have, have things. Um, yeah, much more. Go on and things are exposed and put into the media and stuff like that. I, I know that there are going to be certain things that are going to be dispelled about um, what happened. But why would you as a parent, knowing that your child is suffering from certain mental illnesses, and obviously the son knew what was going on, why would you even expose him to that? You see what I'm saying? Right. Um, six six four. Do you have something to add on that? I know you probably have something. I know you got something to say. Well, yes, I do because, um, and I just want to kind of coattail on what you were saying, Seneca. Yeah. Um, when it all boils down, so his mother knew, you know, that um, he was that he had a mental disability, and the question that I have, you know, and I'm just throwing this out in the air. So if she would leave those around and not really take heed to his disability, did she have a problem too? You know, that is something that I am really wanting to know because anytime a parent leaves a gun around guns, and I'm not going to say gun, multiple guns around the house, not only the guns, the ammunition as well, you know, for just just an open range, just for um, anybody to actually get to it, is there something definitely wrong with his mother? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That is the issue that that, that I'm facing because at no point in time should you ever leave um, guns laying around the house anywhere, but especially when it comes to your child that you know um, his mental faculties are not in order, period. Right. And that's a good point. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think, hold up, I think we have another caller just joined mine. I, I believe it's Kane. Um, 765393, is Kane? Yeah, it is. Welcome to the show. I understand you just got off of work a little while ago, so I, I appreciate you um, coming on this evening. Um, how how do you feel uh, as, I don't know, I guess my question would be, what's your opinion? How do you feel with you heard this, this tragic place? Uh, um, I mean, and I know we're going to get to the issue of gun control, but I wanted to wait till you get here because I know you're very passionate about this. So, but how do you feel about issues? And I'm going to get back to call it Suit Suit Suit. I believe Matt has something to add, too. But um, how, how did you feel when you heard this, this took place? Um, I could, it was disbelief. I am. <clears throat> And we've we've heard about school shootings before, but it's usually children shooting other children. But for an adult, I just couldn't figure out why an adult would purposely go into a school and start shooting kids. 
and obviously not a stable personality, but um, but yeah, pretty shocking. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like I said, I know even people that don't have children. I, I just, I, I really don't understand how anybody can just hear about this story and just not be disturbed. And, and I mean, how many more national crises or crises do we have to 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 hear about before we, as the people, become outraged and start, you know, protesting? We should be out in the street protesting. We should be out here demanding that legislation is passed to, you know, to. I don't want to even say ban or come against people's rights. We're not trying to get the rights, but we need to have things in place where this shouldn't happen. This this should never have happened. And I think that these schools need to be held accountable for the safety of these children, and I think that the government should be held accountable. And pretty much, they've dropped the ball. They've dropped the ball. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. I they think dropped we... the ball. And sorry, you know, I love. Them. President Obama, but I'm just going to hold him accountable because you have been in office since all this has happened, and you have not addressed the issue of gun control. You have not addressed anything dealing with this. And I'm sorry, I'm going to hold him accountable. You know, that's my president, and, I, and I'm 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 the number one advocate of Obama. You know, I'm the type of person to say something about Obama. I'm ready to jump. So I'm going to have to hold him accountable. And the NRA is a way too powerful uh, lobby, and you know the, when this when this happened, I I actually went to the NRA website to see if they had anything posted there, and I couldn't find anything. No statement or anything. No, I, not. I mean, there may be something they, there they're now, more but they're about profit and making money. They don't care about that. But I I'm just really tired of this whole argument about uh, hunting and whatever, and it's like. What do you need a semi-automatic rifle? No one goes hunting with a semi-automatic right. rifle. No one. You, you use a shotgun or a twenty-two. You don't spray your your okay. your deer with bullets because you know, it's, so it's, it's, the the whole argument. A lot of those arguments just aren't. Just, I I don't think they're they're good. And the Second Amendment, that was written at a time when it was necessary for everyone to have firearms, you know, for militias and whatnot, because, you know, the country was young, it was it was weak, relatively weak, and you just don't, don't need it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, oh, oh, you, you, hey, Cam, Hello? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You mind if I? Uh, get... We have another caller. Um, okay, three one seven. Because I want to give everybody a chance tonight because we still got a couple more things we have to run through. Um, caller three one seven six six four. I know it's another six six four on here. Um, is this Kyle? I mean, not Kyle Lord. Is this Dave? Hello. Oh, hello. Yes. Hi. Um, I just want to say that. Um, it is just—it's unrealistic to try to hold uh, your your president responsible for a decision that an individual made. Uh, as a caller today, 
I do agree that um, if they, uh, I believe that parents are the first uh, people to know that their children are experiencing difficulties. But as a parent, sometimes we're afraid to uh, address our children, uh, uh, their their illnesses. Uh, sometimes it could be because we don't want other people to, to know about it, uh, or we may not want, uh, especially neighbors, if you heard some of the comments that some of the neighbors had about uh, the family, you could uh, just about understand why that parent uh, didn't say anything or, or and really didn't do anything. But it, it's really a catastrophe because that individual mother, I believe, was, was more than likely afraid of her child. And a lot of parents are, uh, which is another reason why they choose not to do anything. But the catastrophe was that there was not any help, as far as we know, uh, given to her child. Uh, you know, as far as I've, uh, as, as I've been able to find out and research on my own uh, and what's been said uh, in the media, we know we don't hear it all a lot of times, but uh, there's not been any uh, mental health assistance uh, given uh, to the individual nor his mother. And, and there's a lot that we won't know. We know that. Um, you know, but that is something that needs to be addressed. And I think another caller said that earlier. We've got to address the issues that not just not just a youth, not just the youth, um, not just minors. There are a lot of adults with those same issues that are not being solved, and they're not there's not even assistance out there for them. If you don't have money, you can't get the assistance. And that's where that's what's pitiful, is that there that there are no programs in place like there used to be years ago to assist individuals that need mental health assistance. And I really wanted to thank you for that that point of view, and you know I, I really appreciate that. Um, first of all, um, just sharing with us about you know because that's a, that's a good point that you've made, and you know and. We're real, really respectful of all points of view here. So I really want to thank you for uh, calling in. Um, caller 222, um, Matt, I, I, I think that's one that you want to share with. If I go to a clip here, commentary. Uh, yeah, first and foremost, um, I can't believe someone would say that uh, our, our leaders and things like that don't hold any responsibility in. Uh, something like this, um, for one, because uh, this isn't the first time something like this has happened. We got, we got Columbine, we have other other schools and stuff like that. Not only, you know, reiterate on what the gentleman said earlier about kids taking guns to school and killing kids, uh, but but where does it stop? You know, when when does do our lawmakers and our, our legislative process and our, our leaders and our public servants Take into action and, and start creating laws that, that protect the, the the individuals in the school, the the children, the the sons, the mothers, the daughters, the fathers. You know, when does that happen? How how can you dare say that our our the leaders of our nation cannot be partly to blame? I place the blame on. The, the, the individual in the store that sold mass amounts of uh, of ammunition and, and didn't see a red flag. 
I place the blame on the failure in the legislative process to make changes in our school districts. You know, I've seen changes in, in, in some schools, but it's not in every school, and it needs to be. Changes like that, training for, for school security to, to point out the, the unobvious and to, to protect our students. I, I'm a father. I, I, for one thing, I know what it's like to lose a child in a tragic way, in a, in a big way. And I'm with every single one of those parents. I'm with every single one of them. And I sympathize with every one of them. And if I could go out there and I could give them a hug and say my prayers are with you, I'd do it. But how dare you say that it doesn't fall on our legislation, it doesn't fall on our leaders, it doesn't fall on our lawmakers, because it falls on all of them. They're the ones that make the change. They're supposed to hear our voice. They're supposed to, you know, be making the changes for their people, for their nation. And when this is happening over and over and over again, year after year, school after school, state after state, and obviously some changes have been made in some areas, but they haven't been made everywhere. And that's when it comes down to things like this. That's when these things happen. And I, you know, also think responsibility should fall on those doctors that uh, diagnose people with mental illness. And, and and they should be, you know, reporting that stuff to the ATF and the um, NRA and and all that stuff. Those things should become red flags that show up when someone applies for a gun or someone goes in and buys mass amounts of ammunition. If that was my child, you better believe I'd be after making a change. You better believe I'd be going after my my lawmakers and, and my, the legislation, and, and I'd be making a change. This right here is more important and should be dealt with immediately and with prompt action more so than the fiscal cliff. I could care less if our government, you know, is out $1.6 trillion because they missed the deadline for the, the fiscal cliff. Because you know what? You can't put a you can't put a price on all those kids. You can't put a price on that teacher to save their class. You can't put a price on an individual's life. To me, a single life is worth more than that money. And saving a single life is the most important thing in the world. And being a father and losing a child and knowing what these families are going through and knowing how I went through a school that had the toughest of security. You went through um, metal detectors. You got wanted. You got patted down. Your backpacks were searched. You know, that's the kind of action we need in all schools. That's the kind of action that we need everywhere. This was not just just an incident of terrorism or an incident of someone. Uh, mental capacity or, or whatnot. This was a pure incident of absolute hatred. And somewhere, someone failed to report the signs. Someone failed to throw those red flags up. Someone is responsible other than just the, 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 the shooter. Okay? There are other people held responsible. You can't just put the blame on one person. Yeah, this guy's a bad guy. If he was alive right now, I'd probably strangle him until his face turned purple and his eyes popped out. But I'll tell you what, there are more, there's more at stake. We have an entire nation of unprotected students. We have an entire nation of children that we send to school every day on the bus knowing that, okay, the school district's 
spending the right money to protect our child while we're at work making our income, to uh, educate our children and keep them safe. And it, it drives me. It's just totally gut-wrenching that, that, that something like this could happen, that there wasn't security driving around the school. Uh, that throwing up red flags for a vehicle out there. They weren't searching through the windows and seeing if anything was suspicious. It just kills me inside, and it, it hurts every parent here to that guy in this nation. That that guy got as far as he did, and that he took as many lives as he did, and I am completely shocked and appalled. Yes, cement for you. I mean, I. I can't agree with you more. I, I have nothing to say against that. And I think that if more people had his drive and more people had the, the, the bravery to point out and call people out because of being political and saying, oh, you talked about my president, you can't do that. What did we elect him for? What did we elect him for? Like I said, let me tell you something. Let me let me tell you something. I'm all for yeah. Barack. Don't, and, and you know what? When he does, he's done a lot. But let me tell you something. No, I'm, he I'm has brought the ball on. This is something that has happened numerous of times and it has not been addressed in this administration. And let me tell you something. I'm very liberal. I'm a very liberal person, but I'm going to call uh, a spade a spade. Let me tell you something. I'm going to call a spade a spade. And and it's not just Obama. It's these legislators. It's these people there in Congress. They want to go back. They want to bicker. They want to argue. They want to play these games. And we did not elect them to play these games. We did not. We did. And if, yep. if it comes off aggressive, if it comes off offensive, I don't care. Because we're talking about children. We're talking about the innocent. They can't. They they can't protect themselves. They depend on us. And if the children aren't even safe to come to school, then where are they safe to be at? Where where are they safe? I'm we far. also need to we also need to go after the NRA and tell, and get the NRA oh, yeah. to back they down. Oh yeah, they, they 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 behind too. Oh yeah, I'm not on it. They are the NRA is such a powerful lobby. And we've got to, you know, we just cannot back down in the face of the NRA. And we got to, you know, make it, let our legislators know that, look, we've got to have some sensible gun control laws. Stop being a pussy and letting the NRA buy you out. This just is not acceptable anymore for the NRA to have such so much control over this legislation as far as gun, gun control goes. We can have it where people are still allowed to have firearms. But we need to have more sensible uh, um, I'm not, I'm laws not that saying that we need to ban firearms. I'm not saying we need to ban firearms. We just need more. It shouldn't be so easy for people to have access to these weapons. It shouldn't be so easy for these people to be able to purchase weapons. Even if you have somebody in the home that's a convicted felon, you should not be able to have that. And even with stricter gun control, uh, stuff like this is still going to happen. Uh, I don't know if you saw, saw this, but in China, around I think it was on the same day, actually, in China, some guy went into a school with a knife and stabbed a bunch of kids, but none of those kids died. They are all still alive this day, today. 
Okay. So. Well, with this being said, this I think this is a good segue to go into this next video. Um, this is a clip from the Young Turks, well, from their their podcast, and they're going to be discussing gun regulation and how U.S. gun homicides compared to those in Japan, where there is strict gun um, regulation. We're going to come back and we're going to have a discussion about it. Go down line by line and person by person and see what you guys think about it. So when we come back from this clip, it's a little under four minutes. Um, we're going to come back and I really want you guys to listen to this and see what you think. Oftentimes when these mass shootings happen, you have two sides of the story. You have the gun advocates coming out saying, what do you mean? We need more guns so people can protect themselves, right? In fact, there were several conservatives that argued, Katie Pavlich being one of them, well, this elementary school was a gun-free zone. That's the real problem here because that's what you need. You need more guns on these campuses to protect uh, these kids. And I know Fox is arguing that the teachers should get uh, guns yeah, because kindergarten teachers having guns is a terrific idea. But, you know, it's a, Pavlich makes an interesting point. It's a gun-free zone. If it wasn't, maybe the kids could have brought the guns, too. The kindergartners could have shot back. Uh, these are brilliant ideas by these advocates. So whenever they say, look, if we ban guns, that means that only the criminals will have access to the guns. And that means that we can't protect ourselves if we are uh, in the middle of a violent situation. Well, it's interesting because you could actually compare our gun laws to the gun laws in Japan, where guns are banned, period. In fact, you can only have an air rifle, okay? And in order to get an air rifle, you have to go through a ton of regulations, a ton of tests. So let's compare our homicide, our gun-related homicides here in the U.S. to Japan. Let's look at 2008. In the United, <laughs> in the United States, 9,484 homicides. In Japan, there were 11. Let's look at 2007. In the United States, there were 10,086. In Japan, 22. This is all based on FDA, uh, FBI data and also the Atlantic. Um, and in 2006, in the United States, there were 10,225 gun-related homicides. In Japan, there were only two. Open and shut case. And you look, you can make an argument that it's a constitutional issue, and I get it, right? And there are many different arguments to be made here, and I know there's a lot of gun owners who care deeply about this issue, and they say we're a different country than Japan, we've got a different constitution, we've, hey, look, uh, we have a different situation. Uh, a lot of times in places like Texas or Montana, et cetera, you need a gun to do hunting, so it's not just uh, an issue about violence or not violent, right? Uh, there's one argument you cannot make, that uh, if we had less guns, we would have less gun violence. Like, that's obviously true. You can't argue against that. Less guns, you'd have less gun violence. For people to say, no, 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 even though we have more guns, we'll have less gun violence and less violence overall and less killings overall is an insane argument. It's, the, it's a specious argument. It, they don't even believe it. They say it because they want to keep their guns and they don't care about anything else. Yeah. And they don't even care about logic. So you know it. You know that if there are less guns and there's tighter gun control, you'll have less gun-related homicides. You know it in your bone even if you're the, you know, the most strident gun rights advocate. And it all has to do with attitudes and gun culture because here in the U.S., I mean, it's now become a bi-weekly event where you see these mass shootings. And instead of talking about what we need to do to change this so it doesn't happen in the future, you have a huge chunk of the country trying to protect their gun rights. Who cares about the victims? It's our gun rights. Don't touch our guns, right? Whereas in Japan, that one year where they had 22 gun-related homicides, that was a national tragedy. They didn't stop talking about that for a very, very long time. 22 in one year. We just had 
27 in one day in one shooting. By the way, I bet you there's more gun-related violence and death today not related to that shooting. So we've become used to our, our kids, our fellow citizens, our family and friends being massacred all the time. It's just become a fact of life now. I wanted everybody to hear that because um, it's a point that's unpopular, but it's a point of view that we need to kind of think about, too. And I'm just going to go down the line. I'm just going to see what everyone has to say. Um, they are, do you have anything to say about what we just listened to? Well, I do. Um, they they made the uh, comparison to Japan. Uh, unfortunately, I mean they used a, a, they they used the FBI uh, reports, but yes, there are certain things that the FBI don't report on. You know, like for example, you got three different mafia major mafias over there, and you know it. it uh, in the streets of Tokyo, it is rampant. In the streets of Iakuni, it is rampant. In the streets of Nagasaki, it is rampant and daily. Now, you know, they, they ain't going to get reported on because a lot of the cops over there are on the take, just like they are in, you know, other countries that I've been to. There were areas of Japan when I was out there that we weren't allowed to go into. Just for that very reason, you didn't want to end up, uh, you know, crossing hairs with some of them people. Now, that off to the side, I will say this: um, they, they, you know, to, to say less guns equals less violence. Yes, in a perfect world, you know, we're all holding hands and singing kumbaya. That's absolutely true. You know, that's two plus two equals four. The only problem with that equation is this. Do you honestly think for one second that the bad guys out there, the gang members, the drug dealers, the pimps, you know, that are heavily armed with their SKSs and their 45s, do you honestly think for one second that these guys are just going to hand their guns over? No, they're not. Because it's about power with them, you know, and it, with, with with these type, it, you know, they're they're not going to surrender their only source of power, you know. It, it, it it's ridiculous to think so, and you know, I mean, they, there is no reason, it, there is no reason for a civilian to have a fully automatic assault rifle. I'm the first yes, to say that. And see that's you know? that's my issue, and that's and I don't mean to cut you. That's my issue is okay. Realistically, it's not going to do that. But can we stop allowing? Of course, it should be people like to have protect themselves and have it. But can we limit what is available? Why do you need that type of that firepower? That's what absolutely. I'm you know, um, and, and mm-hmm. it, I mean, I've shot them. They're fun. Is there any need for it? Absolutely not. You know, 
I've never gone hunting with an AK-47. I've never gone hunting with a SKS or an Uzi, you know. What I have gone hunting with are shotguns, 50 calibers, you know, and muzzle loaders. I've, ne- I've never hunted with a 22 unless it was like a rabbit or squirrel, you know. But once again, you know, it's... It, 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 the thing with it is that this is a very emotional state right now, and people have got to be very careful of what they're asking for, you know? Because just about uh, anybody can play on emotions, and there's no quicker way to pass a law that's going to blindside everybody than when they're in an emotional state, you know? But what I'm saying, this is what I'm saying, though. When are we going to have this? We have to at least have the, the dialogue about it. When are we going to have the dialogue? There's been several instances that have happened, and nobody wants to have this question. Nobody wants to talk about this. Now, the one thing that was 100% factual on it is how strong of a lobbyist group the NRA is. You know? And, hey, you know, they can't argue facts. You know, you cannot argue facts. That's what makes it a fact. You know? And the NRA should not have any influence on, on these decisions. Now, hey, by the way, do you mind if I say, say something a little bit off topic? Yeah, say something a little bit. We've got to move on really quick. We got yeah, no problem. Did you happen to notice that the Westboro Baptist Church was protesting this? That, yeah. Uh, that, that yeah, the they... Yeah, we were just talking about that. Like, me and Mike were talking about this at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Oh, my we're God. We're going to do a show. I, Let me tell you something. This is coming up very soon. So y'all be on the lookout for this. We're going to do a show, in, like I told you earlier, and I'm excuse my language, y'all, because this is a mess. You know what they can do? Because they are not a representation of Christ to me. And we're going to do a show putting them on blast here soon. So, oh, you best believe better be on the watch for that. That's going to be coming up in the next about three episodes, baby, because we're going to put them yeah. on blast. You know, they can take them crosses, they can take them crosses, and they can, and, and every last one of them can bend over and take them in their ass. Because let me yeah. take you something. You're supposed to, no, let me say what I got to say. You're supposed to be preaching God's love. You're supposed to be there Consoling people And you're supposed to be there Showing the love of Christ What is it that you're doing what, 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 How does that represent Christ how, how, how does it Can anybody answer that question Does it Does it? I mean how, There's how a, uh, there's, a, there's, a me. there's a petition that you can sign I, I forget what the website is But there's a petition you can sign Digitally sign To have them labeled as a hate group And take away their tax status as a church yeah, I read that article as well, Kane. Hey, did you know? Did did you uh, guys read the article that the KKK was protesting their protest? <laughs> now, how bad the stuff do you have to be for the clan to say that you're messed up? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> hey, Jump in here really quick. I just want to get, send a few shout-outs to the people that are in our chat room. Um, user LLNB23 and guest <coughs> 15691. We want to thank you 
for um, joining our chat. If you have anything that you would like to add, feel free to um, to send us questions, and we'll address them on the show. Um, moving on to uh, Michael, because I know you've been quiet for a while. Uh, what do you have to say about this whole issue? Well, and like, you know, I think that was Jr. that was talking a while ago, right? Yes, sir. Okay, all right. You know, I agree a whole lot with Mr. Jr. there because, you know, if they, if right now, if you passed, like for example, there's a lot of people out there that want to get rid of the right to bear arms, and if you did that today, there's still millions guns out there, and there's still millions upon millions of rounds of ammunition. And unless you go house by house and rid them, without that, there's no way you can get it. So I think the key in this whole situation and the key that would be most effective thing is better screening and you know better people like maybe the interest out there and these counselors and these people should have some way to report that to these ATF or these federal agencies to say hey uh, this person should never have a weapon and have that person flagged you know not as an invasion of their privacy but as an invade uh, a method of safety to the public now now, do you mind if I interject real quick? Do you know that with our veterans, if they end up getting diagnosed with post-traumatic stress syndrome, they are no longer ever allowed to own a weapon? Well, I know of a situation where uh, in my own area there's a guy that's suffering from that quite severely, and he's got a whole lot of guns, and he don't need them. Yep, it, it, but but you know if they can what I'm what I was going out with that if they can do that with our veterans, why can't they do that with the general public? I'm, you won't find me arguing that. So, I mean, there, and I don't know what the secret is to it or what the great combination would be, but you know, for the to the public, there does need to be. There just clearly needs to be some form of thing. I don't think, you know, going after the guns themselves, I don't know if you can, if it would be a realistic thing to pull off in this country. It may be, maybe, maybe not. But I think that, you know, the people that are getting them obviously needs to be a way for, shoot, even if you, the psychiatric community could flag somebody and say, hey, this person doesn't need a weapon of any kind, you know, I think that's a start in the right direction. Well, one, uh, one thing that can be done, and this was done in Columbus, Ohio, I remember a number of years ago this, this was done. The police did this. They had a, um, they had a, a voluntary program where you, if you owned a, a firearm, you could, uh, you could turn it in. Doesn't matter what the firearm was. You could do that all across the country. And voluntary. Was, I've heard buybacks. I've heard yeah, voluntary turn-ins. Yeah, there's yeah. many agencies that do that across the country. Presently. So, I mean, of course, that's that's only going to grab maybe 10 or 15% of the firearms, but it's a start. And I was having an argument with someone on Facebook about this, and 
Oh, you know, some of us were saying that we need to get tougher on, on, on gun laws. We need to have better regulation and whatnot. And this other guy, he, he stated that, you know, the criminals are going to get the guns anyway. And I pointed out to him, I was like, look, it's not the criminals committing these atrocities. These people, this kid that killed the, this Adam Lanza, he was not a criminal. He never, had, he did not have a criminal background. It's sick people that are doing this. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, criminals kill innocent people, but they don't go in. They don't. Not they like don't this. do mass shootings. You know, maybe they're you know gangs in, in in a city. You know, they may get in a gunfight, and some innocent people will get get hit by crossfire. But it's, the criminals aren't targeting the innocent people. They're targeting each other. It's just innocent people just happen to get hit, killed in the crossfire. Uh, I, I beg to differ on that. Okay. Um, uh, we have ladies. I know the ladies haven't said much. Um, six six four C. You get you got anything yes. you want to add, or are you just listening right now? Um, I would like to say something. Um, I think so often the um, Second Amendment of the Constitution has been um, misunderstood and abused because you know when. When we hear the right to bear arms, you know, there are so many people that think they have a right to just go out and purchase a gun and do whatever they want to do with it. Um, and I think that it's so uncalled for. And, and I think there should be a limit um, to the type of guns that an individual is allowed to purchase because, you know, if you have a hobby for hunting, then that's fine. You can get whatever gun that you need to get for that. But if you don't have a hobby for uh, hunting or anything like that, then you should not have um, that type of weapon in your home just to be having it. I mean, I, I truly believe that it's uncalled for. And um, and I would like to say, um, as far as the clip that was played, um, I don't think having guns in the classroom is going to solve anything. I mean, I truly believe that it's going to make the problem worse, you know, because, of course, you know that, you know, by nature, children are curious, you know. And so my thing is, is what if, you know, one of the children sees the gun, you know. Uh, there's actually no telling, you know, what what their mindset is because of their curiosity. So I truly believe that, you know, it'll violate safety laws, period, in the school. So, um, yeah. Thank you for that. Um, and the other caller, 66412, um, did you have anything else that you wanted to add on to this? Because I know you guys have not, haven't had much time to say anything. Or yes. did you have to I, I do. Uh, thank you. Uh, I just want to say that um, there there has to be uh, mechanisms and processes in place within uh, our power. Uh, to help prevent such catastrophes, but those processes that, that it has to happen at a local level first. And I know that this what we're talking about. It's really good to talk about it and to get it out there. But in addition to us talking about it, uh, we need to have a way to get together uh, so that we can start developing a, a process that will help the innocent, that will help the weak that will help the helpless. And I know that we've been talking about schools and, uh, you know, there are even there are companies that have had 
uh, uh, shootings, uh, especially here. There's, there was one recently here uh, in Indiana uh, where the uh, former employee returned to the, the uh, uh, former place of employment, and, uh, and of course, someone lost their life there. But, you know, I do agree that uh, uh, putting up uh, metal detectors in school and having extra security or having security for, for ones that doesn't have it at all, there is a need today. In years past, uh, perhaps, you know, it, it was something that we, we didn't need to, inter- to introduce at that time. But I think that is one way that lawmakers could definitely uh, uh, take a stand by mandating the schools to have um, uh, the, the metal detectors and, of course, there are other uh, monitoring um, equipment that can be used as well. But um, if that would be a great idea because, see, we need to help to protect those that cannot protect themselves. And that's the real issue here. Uh, it sounds sad, but I think someone mentioned earlier, this is the world that we're living in today. This is not yesterday. It's today. And things have changed. And um, I, I, I want to be optimistic and say that, you know, uh, uh, as a whole, uh, you know, there is a lot that we could do about it. However, it's not happening at the moment. So, you know, again, I, I believe that groups such as this one would be, uh, could be very instrumental in uh, helping to develop processes uh, to help, again, like I said before, to help protect those that are weak, those that are helpless. And uh, so, you know, again, we're just it's on the rise. Uh, I was just watching the news a few moments ago, uh, and yet there's more killings. You know, and, and using uh, uh, firearms, look at the black market. The guns have been on the black market for as long as I believe, you know, these existed. They've been here. And you're right. They're going to continue selling guns on black market, whether we like it or not. Um, and I do believe that there should be different penalties for those that um, – uh, that are that are holders of guns, or you know, are people that have been uh, uh, committed crimes using uh, firearms. I, you know, that is another way, uh, you know, to help. I'm just going to say it to help rid uh, this place of people that believe that they need to have a firearm to commit a crime. Now, there are also other ways that crimes are being committed, and like the news said the other day, we're not even talking about those crimes where there. They're actually using chemicals uh, uh, for killing. They're using uh, other um, forms uh, or other objects to actually kill. And if we if we look at the killing pit, that's that's the root of this whole thing. The whole topic. The root is about taking someone else's life. We need to deal with that, and that is something again that I believe that a group such as this one can be very instrumental. And I just I want to thank you for allowing uh, me to, to come in and join in with your conversation. But I, I do believe oh. that uh, it can be, you know, that that, that voice oh, yeah. can, can, will be heard. Yes, definitely. And I just want to let you know, we, we really appreciate your point of view and, and how you just so eloquent, eloquently 
stated your point of view and, and just want you to know that you are more than welcome to come back anytime because I really enjoyed um, hearing you and hearing your point of view and how you pretty much have laid out things point by point. So we want to definitely thank you for coming in. Um, caller 222, I know you had some things that you wanted to say on that. Mr. Uh, Nelson, you have something that you want to um, say? I know you have some points you want to bring up because we're wrapping up, so we're going to continue this conversation after the show if you would like to stick around. Um, once again, everybody, you can call at 646-915-8200. Um, you still have a couple minutes to call in and join the after-show conversation. So uh, now I'm going to hand the floor over to you. Thank you. Um well, I know a lot of us are talking about gun control and stuff like that, and I, I, I know it was mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, the right to bear arms and our country was in a different state and vulnerable and weak and, and things like that. And, and I agree with that to an extent, you know, back then. Now, one thing I want to say here is, yeah, it's our God-given right to bear arms, you know, protect ourselves, our families, our property, things like that. Um, I do believe with all the uh, backroom dealings and politics behind everything and, and uh, weapons that go missing out of evidence rooms and and uh, get reported missing off the shelves from factories and things like that, um, I believe that uh, every person should have the right to bear arms. And how, But how much can... How much gun control can we have? It, you know, it, it also falls on the parents. It, it falls on the manufacturers. It falls on on everything. Um, it's very important that everybody is aware, that everybody knows proper use and proper storage of these weapons. Because it, ultimately, it's not guns that kill people. It's people that kill people. And I, I'll tell you what, it, it, there's... A lot of just yeah, I agree. There's a lot, there's a lot of things about gun control that could be revamped or reiterated. Um, but I'm not going to give up my God-given right. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to protect my family. You know, if someone comes into my house and puts my family at risk. I'm going to take action. You know, I've lost a child. I'm not going to lose another one. Um, but but one thing is. The, the action that's taken. There's a lot of things that I said earlier that could have prevented this incident. A lot of flags that could have been come up. A lot of, uh, you know, just just things that could have stopped the whole event altogether. And I want to tell you one thing. I live in Indianapolis, Indiana, and around here, gun control is still a big problem um, to the sense that, uh, say, Let's take New Year's, for example. New Year's, I live in Indianapolis. Guns are going off left and right, left and right, left and right. There's people in my neighborhood shooting their guns off in the air. They're uh, shooting them at the ground, emptying whole clips. And you know what? I called the police because I have a, I had a wife that was here who was scared to death. My daughter was scared to death. And I called the police. It took three phone calls in three hours to get police officers out there. You know what they told me? They said there's too much going on. We don't have the manpower to take care of it. it it's just got to slide. It'll be done by tomorrow. 
And you know what? That's wrong. Right there, that is wrong. What what happens, you know, well, what goes up must come down. Mm-hmm. Someone shoots, shoots a, a whole clip up in this county, it comes down in another county and takes out, you know, a, a woman driving her car and that hits the bus and, and knocks it over or or something like that. There's there's so much wrong, um, not per se with with our constitutional right to own a gun, but the way people go about handling or not handling the possible outcomes of misuse of those weapons. Um, so I mean I, I agree on some points and there's other points that that I don't. And you know what? I want to I want to challenge people. I want you guys to 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 make your families aware, to make sure they're not only aware, but if they ever decide to have a weapon, that they properly know how to use it, that they properly know how to store it, that they are aware of people around them who might be a threat to them. You know, I encourage people to protect your home, protect your life, protect your family. Because you know what, I, I, you know, there's there's no value on the lives that were lost. If someone comes into my house and, and uh, threatens my family in a, a physical and threatening manner, my fa- that person's life becomes the value of my family's life. So, with with all that said, it, it's not guns to kill people; it's people to kill people. And there needs to be more action taken. There, need, you know, people with mental disabilities and and things like that. Those should be reported by the doctors. You know, if someone comes into a doctor's office and they're saying threatening things or whatever. They alert the authorities, right? The police come, they investigate it, they do whatever is necessary. They protect their staff, they protect their patients and things like that. Well, you know what? Someone has a serious mental illness and a doctor deems them unfit to ever own a weapon, that needs to be reported. That Absolutely. could have prevented this. And it just, you know, I'm not trying to be too over-emotional with all this. I'm, try, I'm, I'm passionate about it, and I don't mean to step on anyone's toes. But, uh, you know, I, I'm a firm believer, you know, protect, protect what's yours at all costs. But you know what? Do it right. Be safe. Make others aware. You know, and that, that's just really all I have to say. All right, Lord. Thank you for that. Um, your your points made. And like I said, at the end of the day, you know, we we can talk about everything you know under the sun as it relates to gun control and and, and who has the right to to bear arms and. And everything else, but any, but at the end of the day, when we look at this this horrible or horrific event, it's all about the children. It's all about keeping them safe because we need to, as a society, protect those who can't protect themselves, whether it's the elderly or the youth. We have to come together, be our brothers and sisters and protect those or the least of these that can't look out for themselves. And that was my point of doing this show because what can we do? Like 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 the caller said, at the end of the day we can talk about this until we're blue in the you know, face and we can just talk about this from sun up to sundown. 
But what can we do? That's the thing. What can we do? What solutions can we put in place? What can we do as the people? Because the constitution, we the people. We the people. You know, and um, so when it comes to taking a stand on issues, it, it comes down to the people. You see what I'm saying? So uh, I'm going to um, give this over to Michael because I think we've lost a couple of our callers um, and, and came, uh, and then we're just going to – then we're going to um, close out the show. Uh, Michael, did you have anything that you want to say in conclusion? Yeah, I think where we need to go from here is probably first in lo- to formulate that the lawmakers need to formulate a school security act of some kind that would mandate all public schools to start taking more security measures and mandate that they start taking you know, whatever security measures to improve and keep people out of there, and whether that's, you know, locking the school down after the kids get in there and not letting anybody in unless they've been checked by an officer or something like that, more school resource officers, because obviously it sounds like this school did not have one, Um, you know, but mandating a school security act that takes place that all public schools are required to take part in and required to facilitate and put into action. I think that would be a really good first step. However, that is not going to be helpful in places like Colorado when you were talking a movie theater. So when there, when I think the next step after a school security act, I think the next good step would be, and it would take a little while to formulate that, would be the more the reporting of basically crazy people that shouldn't have a weapon by the appropriate agencies. Hey, when you come across these people and flag them, I think that would be uh, an appropriate measure that that one would be harder for them to work out with all the laws and all the privacy issues, but I'm sure they can do it. So personally, moving forward from here, I'd like to see a school security act. And then after that, we need to put into place a way to limit these crazy people and to flag these crazy people that are a danger to our communities. This is very well well stated. Um, Kane, uh, do you have anything in conclusion to say? And then, I'm, and I think we got one more thing we're gonna say, and then we're gonna get off here. Well, um, I think also just need to basically any any of these high-powered firearms that we know have no purpose other than to kill people. They should, they should stop being sold. You know, just that's that's my opinion. And as far as the argument about people kill people, not guns kill people, well, yeah, that's true. But guns make it so much easier to kill people. Like I said earlier, there was another thing, another atrocity in China that where a guy went into a school with a knife and stabbed a bunch of kids, but those kids are still alive. If he'd had a gun, those kids would be dead. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, and that's, you know, and, and that's, I don't know, 
I'm kind of torn in between the issue because I, I I want to respect the Constitution, but it's just like wow. I mean, I'm torn. <clears throat> you know. So wait a minute. I think you have one more thing to say, man, or before we get off here. Well, um, I think that uh, well, I definitely agree. There needs to be some type of act that um, takes place uh, mandating that public. Well, not just public, but public and private schools should uh, follow in the safety of their kids, no matter what cost. Whether that cost is split amongst uh, student or students' parents, or you know, increases the cost of uh, admissions or, or whatnot. I think I sleep a little better at night. No, I'm paying a little extra to know that my children are safe and the children in, in, in uh, their classes. And I, I really think that uh, schools should take uh, measures even further, like uh, having auto-locked doors in the schools, you know. Uh, it, all it takes is one, one to go in there, and teach, it takes one teacher to hear a gunshot and hit a button, and it locks every door in that school, preventing people going in or out of the classroom. You know, I think that should be a step uh, as well. And that would be something I would vote on. That would be something that, that I would agree for. Because if I know my kid's behind a locked door and that other guy's on the other side, he's not going to get in. A lot less children would be hurt. You know, that 27 could have only been three if they had provisions like that. If there was a security guard, if there, you know, were people that were just trained, if you know, put the teachers through training to um, see suspicious behavior. Put the teachers through training to deal with uh, aggressive attackers and things like that. And you know that teacher who saved all of her students that, that hit them in cabinets and and closets. You know what? More people need to be trained to do what she did. More people need to be aware. That teacher is an absolute hero. That teacher deserves the, the greatest and utmost honors from our nation, from our president, from the school districts. She went above and beyond, and she gave her life and, and, and absolutely saved every one of her students. And if I was a teacher, I'd do the same thing. And, but how many teachers do you think in this nation – are are capable or able to handle a situation like that and put their students first, you know. And, um, again, I just – I send my prayers and my heartfelt, you know, condolences to every single student, to all their parents, to the loved ones that, that uh, have lost someone, to – every single person holding them in their prayers and just keep on, you know, making changes. And if this doesn't make a change, I'm going to be heartbroken for a very long time. This change has been needed to come for a very long time. And it's about time we do something. Because what happens next time? When is someone going to go into another school? When is someone going to go into a VA hospital? When is someone going to go into a mall, and when is the death toll going to be larger? When is enough enough? When are we going to take action? 
we need to petition our our lawmakers, our our lobbyists, our our congressmen, our cabinet, our uh, you know political advisors, our chief and commander. We need to take the action as high as you can go, and and, and make that change and make them make that change because you know what they're supposed to be here for the people they've taken oaths now not all of them might be um with the, have the best interest but if we get enough of them to to view things the way we view them to uh, to really understand what our what we're going through what our children are going through what how easy it is to to lose a life in a split second of just unfortunate events and what we can do to take action, what we can do on preventative measures, and just really protect the youth, protect everyone. Um, you know, I, I'm 100% positive that something like this wouldn't happen at an airport these days, you know. And uh, 9-11 was one of the saddest days, but it doesn't quite compare to this incident. I know a lot of people were hurt and a lot of people died and a lot of people lost loved ones and but that made there were changes made airport security's tighter there's um more investigations into terrorism homeland security's tighter for it uh you know they're protecting us on that front but you know what we need to protect ourselves here as well and our loved ones all right, well, we're going to wrap this show up. Um, I really want to thank everybody for coming in and having this this, this great dialogue today. And um, we will be back, as promised. I will be doing a show on the Westboro Baptist Church. We're not going to let them go because this is getting ridiculous. I'm tired of hearing them, these, these demons, rear their ugly head every time something happens. So we will be doing a show on this, and I know Michael, you you know a lot about this Westboro Baptist Church stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we 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 will be getting back to this. Um, and see if you can get I, one of them on the show. Huh? I said you should see if you can get one of them on the show. You know what? I'm going I've, to. <laughs> I'm gonna try. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we we gonna really work on this, y'all. We gonna. I work don't know, Clap. I that would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh baby, I'll put it on. I'll put it out there, and I'm gonna have everybody call in. We're gonna work on that. We're gonna get this, get that show together. I think that's gonna be one of the highlights of UCLW history if we can get that arranged. Uh, I don't know who we would have to contact to come on the show, but knowing the demographic of this show, and this this is like a GLBT friendly slash oriented show, and we're more liberal. Oh, it's gonna be very interesting. So my bet, with, my um, bet would be that they probably wouldn't even show up, but it would be pretty cool if you could get one here. <laughs> yeah, and if not, we still we still have we're still gonna talk about them, and I'm gonna make sure that it is highly pub- publicized and promoted. So yeah, I want one of them to call in so we can just tear into them. Because how are you promoting the love of Christ and you are, you know, just evil. Yeah. So I don't know what you guys, but yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't know what that I, I would love to see, or I would hate to see what happens if they show up at the at that school and start protesting. 
there, there's going to there would probably I would guess that there's going to be violence. Yeah. All right. Some kind of violence. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to thank you guys, and if nothing else, so get on up off of here. You guys have anything else to say, or? Don't believe I do. All right. <laughs> well, this is the Urban Wire. We're signing off. Um, check us out at www. Uh, YouTube.com um, Subscribe to us uh, Michael has his channel um, At um, YouTube.com Slash Sunrise Humanity Or you can check out his official website At www.sunrisehumanity.com um, We got Like I said we still got some things in the making We're still going to be coming out with our uh, new show Still, I'm still working out the details With that um, So um, we're going to be dealing with race, religion, and politics, so we're going to deal with all that. So um, keep it locked, and we will talk to you, if not this week, we will have our um, holiday edition show next week. And coming by the, end, the beginning of the year, we will walk on that Westboro Baptist Church story. So we're going to be having a holiday edition next week. So, guys, be, looking, be on the lookout for that. And until next time, um, we will talk to you then. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.